Hello, everyone. Just a heads up, we've got a great episode for you with Andy from Bunta Vista. However, our live show in London is this week, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., the Star of Kings and King's Cross. Tickets are still available, and you can get them at the link in the description. Hope to see you there and enjoy this episode. Hello. Welcome to Trash Future. Today we're crossing over with Andy from Boonta Vista. <laughs> Andy, how are you doing? Oh, g'day. See how I'm gonna talk now. <laughs> See how I'm gonna talk now for the whole fucking show, eh? Oh, imagine. Imagine. <laughs> what it, imagine a world. <laughs> we had a joke, Milo and I were talking about what if there was a Boonta Vista in New Zealand and it was the same thing, but just like the accents were even more ridiculous and it was like Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely day. It's a little bit, little bit wet. Hello, Lucy. I told a bit wet. Lucy, how are you doing? Well, there's been there's been an election. I feel like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, the Notorious Simpsons episode where they go to Australia, they're they're all just doing New Zealand accents that whole time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Is that is that like your is we that can't, entire can't episode? Because the there's all those big birds everywhere. <laughs> is that entire Simpsons episode just your guys' N word? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we were as offended we were as offended as uh, Brazil were when they were like, "Ugh, this is the, it's the worst place yeah. we've ever been." Even worse than Brazil. The Kiwis are like, <laughs> the Kiwis are like Puerto Ricans in the Bronx. Like, they, you know, they're kind of they're kind of in the same group, but they can't get made. <laughs> I, I just recalled when the Simpsons movie came out. I actually lived in Alaska, and the whole thing was they moved to Alaska because you could never be too fat or too drunk. And I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty much the state." I mean, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's it's Alaska and apparently Australia. Well, the only time you can be too fat in Alaska is if you get so fat that they hunt you for blubber. That's the <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 guys. Folks. There's a very important issue facing both of our countries. We are both in a slow rolling, ongoing political crisis, and only one person is brave enough to talk about it. Is it Gollywogs? It's about Gollywogs. <laughs> <laughs> Even like more crisis. Really? Wow. A, a bigger crisis. The spectator hires an actual gollywog as a gollywog. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dan, fearless, fearless reporter Dan Aykroyd has pointed out that alien chads are coming to Earth to get all the pussy. Oh, wow. Yes. That's exciting. From their base inside the moon. <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, so Dan, Dan Aykroyd, and this is the most important thing we'll be talking about. We're going to talk about some Australian <laughs> election shit, some Theresa May stepping down shit, maybe some Amazon stuff because we can't stop talking about that wonderful company. No. But we have to get the most important thing out of the way first. Dan Aykroyd is quoted as saying, The proof is going to start dribbling out. The aliens are interested in your ova, your femininity, your reproductive parts, and your DNA. I'm imagining just this is a scene where it, of the great outdoors where he's explaining this to John Candy. He's like, well, you got to understand that uh, the aliens, they're interested in your ova and your, your, your vagina. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. Out here in the forest, you got to keep that shit locked away or it attracts bears. <laughs> I feel like it's very yes. evocative to say uh, the proof is dribbling out. It's got, yeah, a real, it's got a real sperm test vibe to it. I was going to say, I, I, I kind of I homed in on that one as well. I'm, I'm, getting, like, it, I'm oh, getting, yeah. a, getting a truth cream pie. <laughs> just, I, 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 as, I saw, as I saw this article, uh, I sort of, I, it was like... Like there was an anime zoom in as I laser focused on the words going to start dribbling out with respect to the fact that Dan Aykroyd believes that quite rightly that aliens are coming here and they're coming to fuck. 
Dribbling out is like bleeding out, except it's just like cum leaking out of you really slowly until you completely dry out and die. But it takes like a number of days. It's just you oh, know, I'll, it's, I'll it's, John Carpenter. It's it's it's, it's 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 just it's just a planet that like has the only understanding that they have of the human race is based on the mid two thousands TV show, The Pickup Artist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is this is uh, this Take is a us co- to your pussy. <laughs> this is a well, I, would, I would say that if, if if aliens had seen hentai cartoons, they'd probably be like, "Wow, there's a lot of fluids we could harvest." I mean, yeah. it does, <laughs> they love, do seem to erupt. They, a lot we come of. from the driest planet on Earth, and we've come <laughs> to harvest moisture. They talk about their women folk as being wet. I mean, we I, require this moisture. I, are any of you on the call familiar with the show Keys to the VIP? <laughs> no. Yes. No, no, I am not. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. He's familiar with Keys to the VIP. Of course I am. Keys to the Keys to the VIP is basically it's a show from the early to mid 2000s, the cultural a zenith. Great era. Yeah. The cultural zenith of the West. I like, mean, Mario's Let Me Love You. Need we say more about this, that era? Need I mean, we say more. When we talk about Niall Ferguson wanting to teach the glory of it's the West, he's talking about the mid 2000s, the Fedora era. Oh yeah. And the Keys to the VIP was a game show in which two pickup artists would be put into like a terrible Toronto nightclub and then would have to like get girls phone numbers <laughs> throughout the night. Oh no. And they'd be given different you look, challenges. You look pretty good for a Quebec watch, okay? <laughs> they'd oh. be given different challenges <laughs> by four seduction instructors. <laughs> seduction instructor. <laughs> the four horsemen of seduction. What was really like fascinating about that show was that they would do the previews of the guys who were supposed to be like competing that night. So they would like, sh- you know, the guy would be like, yeah, here's the place where like, you know, I take the ladies. And it would be like these, these really weird bachelor pads where I, I'm, I'm trying to like describe like what mid 2000s aesthetic. It's like a gaming was. chair. No, it wasn't, mid, even, it wasn't even that. It was just like, like outer Toronto. It was just like really incoherent like aesthetics. And it was just like kind of modern like modernist in this very strange everything looks like an amateur sex dungeon way yeah a huge poster for sylvester stallone's cobra (laughs) (laughs) it's like glass tables fake leather furniture and then just leopard print on the walls for some reason yeah and they they would wear like boot cut jeans and like shirts with like free stripes um well it it was it was the it it was the primary a primera of the white belt and I think, really, Dan mm. Aykroyd has never moved on from the keys to the VIP era. The white belt is those parts of Britain that only <laughs> white people live in. Like, Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Prime white belt territory. Actually, in a brief anecdote about Stallone's Cobra, I was recently at a gig in London where, like, half of the audience was this, like, huge group of lads. And we were sat outside, like, having uh, a bunch cigarette. bunch of legends. I know, a bunch. Of, yeah, exactly. The humble British legend in his natural habitat. <laughs> and they came outside, and we were discussing, that, like, how hilarious the film Cobra was. And one of them came up, and he went, Lad, sorry to interrupt you, but I've got to say, Cobra is a class fucking film. And we all, <laughs> we all looked at each other and immediately like, this gig is going to go so badly. Like, this is just like, never has someone been so... De- never has someone enjoyed the film Cobra in such a different way to me. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, this, this sounds like they'd be better served at like a Dapper Laughs gig pre-Turtleneck. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just like, I'm eating four McDonald's cheeseburgers going, this is the kind of shit that should be at the Oscars. <laughs> but like, Dan Aykroyd, like... 
from Caddyshack, right? Like Dan Aykroyd, like the, like, Ghostbusters. the Ghostbusters. The guy who was in Ghostbusters. The guy who thinks who's randomly in Pearl Harbor, too, yeah, for some reason. But he was in Ghostbusters, but thinks Ghostbusters was a documentary. He goes on to say... <laughs> he goes on to say... <laughs> you, can't have, you can't have women playing Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and Bill Murray. They're not women. <laughs> this, These is are this historical the, figures. Is this the Cobra guy again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he goes on. They would love to draw blood and fluid and would love to impregnate a woman and produce a hybrid baby. This is what they're up to here. A hybrid baby? No. Yeah, like, like one, like a Toyota. I, <laughs> is, it, I is, say. It, is, it, is it an alien or is it like one of these like fitness YouTubers? <laughs> Sorry, Andy, I, go on. I think that there, there's some very valid concerns that Dan Aykroyd is raising here. And this is due to a topic that has been discussed on Buenta Vista before. And I'm going to have to bring up now, which is... He's right. If you go online and you look at the prominent sales of silicon ovipositors. That's right, folks. That's right, folks. There's all kinds of greasy freaks out there buying themselves big silicon alien dicks. And then you get Mm. yourself a mold, an egg mold. And you can make your own gelatin eggs. You use an ovipositor to lay them inside yourself. And if they get stuck, according to the manufacturer, it's okay because your body heat will eventually melt the eggs. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. I mean, guys, this is the wonders of consumer capitalism. Yeah. And finally, the, thing, the give, thing is- I was going to say, finally, I can give birth to my homies. my gelatin homies Uh, I love the idea that it's like we we, we might die of climate change but before then you'll be able to live out your alien dick impregnation fantasy oh no climate change is melting my homies (laughs) (laughs) He, he added he added I believe some some important some aliens are here to harm us there are many that come here with nefarious purposes and want to use us as lab rats. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd is now the Australian Liberal PM and he's extending the lease on Nauru. That's oh. it. Better, better a room full of people who love you than a, than a whole space full of aliens hungry as fuck. That's what I say. Be- 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 better a nest of homies that you've laid yourself than... If <laughs> <laughs> they stick with the aliens you can trust. What I'm saying is, is Dan, Dan Aykroyd doesn't, is not against all aliens. He just mm. wants a points-based system so the best aliens yeah. come in. He's like, look, they're coming over here. They're raping our... Look, some of the aliens, I'm sure they're good people, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stronger yeah. sky so- borders. <laughs> Start the wall around the earth. <laughs> yeah, st- Close the earth from let's, the sun. Let's brick Live this in motherfucker eternal up. darkness. Yeah. Stop the UFOs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're that's what we're all about here at 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 TF. We've decided we're a stra- we're a Strasserite podcast and we're all about uh universal healthcare for humans, not aliens. Build a wall around the earth. Where did Dan Aykroyd publish this though? Was this um, like self-published or was this like <laughs> did, we, did the independent just be like, "Well, we could use the page views." Uh I'm going to see if Dan Aykroyd's ever self-published a book. He just goes on TV every now and then and has a little stroke. Like it just has a minor stroke on air. Uh, just so, it just has a good time. Yeah, they get him on Larry King or whatever, and he just they just go just go for it, Dan. Just rattle it out. What's funny is that he just seems like an earlier stage of what happened to Randy Quaid, who was at one point a normal actor and has now gone completely insane and like goes on meth binges with his wife and talks about how like you know how, how Trump is the only way to achieve cultural purity and how aliens have abducted him and like done things with his butt like Randy Quaid guy who was in oh I see he just moved to the US interior I was gonna say, <laughs> Randy Quaid guy who was like in Independence Day like had a major role in the film is now completely insane and has like has a beard that looks like David Letterman in retirement 
Um, but imagine that guy yelling QAnon shit at you. Yeah. You think the aliens aren't real? I saw them on the set of Independence Day. Well, you know what See, else? I I, I want to stick to I want to stick to Dan Aykroyd for one second because I've just realized something just mm. now. Dan Aykroyd owns a winery in the town that I'm from in Canada. Oh, he's Canadian, isn't now that's, he? Now that's the real insanity, buying a winery in Canada. No, fuck you. Canadian wine's great. <laughs> wait, wait, he's... Hey, he's fuck he's, you, eh? Canadian wine's very tasty. Canadian wine... No, 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 no. Okay, Canadian technically wine, it's beer, but you know... Canadian wine's great. It's very... You know, in the region I come from, Niagara-on-the-Lake, we have a microclimate between the Niagara Escarpment and Lake Ontario that produces ideal growing conditions for certain cool weather grapes like Chardonnay, Riesling, and Pinot Noir. You take that the fuck back. They make it sparkling, and the only person Canadian. who buys it is Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Trash Feature is now part of the CBC. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess, actually, like, Nate's right. Like, you know, Drake's the only person who's like buying all this wine to take on his like weird Jeffrey Epstein style plane. <laughs> A Jeffrey Epstein style UFO where you can get oviposited. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody thinks that it's going to be a weird international borders sex adventure, but instead Drake takes minors onto his yeah. flights just to make them drink Canadian wine. He's like, look at all these products from Canada. It's just like, it's just like a Canadian trade tour. Drake's just like, have you ever had poutine? <laughs> With maple syrup, cheese curds, and softwood lumber. They're like, Drake, why do you sound like you're from Winnipeg? I was reading a whole thing the other day about um, about how it was all, all of the people from like the uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Toronto all talking about like how much Drake has improved tourism there personally. <laughs> Just- Every, everyone in Canada loves Drake except for sports fans. So have you have you guys heard of what the Drake? Have you guys heard of the Drake curse? Oh no, the Drake. No. The, the Drake the also, Dra- I don't love Drake. Um, is it related to the Colonel Sanders curse of I mean, that or I Japanese mean, baseball I mean, team? I mean, Drake par- doesn't make techno music, so, so I don't like him. So I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but Drake has been banned from every, like, from actually being in the bleachers of every Toronto Raptors game, despite being like their mascot. Because every time, so despite the GIF, uh, yeah, the popular it, GIF. <laughs> well, be, because every time he goes to see a Raptors game, they lose. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, we we so, don't want that. So he ha- so he has to like watch it from home. He's not allowed to like go to any games. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Well, I think it, if anyone, it's it's who is the real threat? Uh, is it aliens <laughs> uh, to our bodies with their ovipositors and their eggs that will dissolve in our body heat, or is mm. it Drake to the Toronto Raptors or allegedly Toronto Miners? <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. 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 I allegedly. Hate to, I hate to have to say this on two Trash Future episodes in a row, but I guess technically in space there are no real laws of consent. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Uh, the most, interna- the most yeah, international waters of all. Yeah. Like, if I were Jeffrey Epstein, I would simply build a space plane. Exactly. A, a, a space plane of sorts. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he's never heard of a rocket. He thinks it's a space plane. <laughs> yeah. You know, when they went to the moon in that space plane. <laughs> yes, exactly. In Jeffrey Epstein's space shuttle. Yeah, um, it's, a kind of, it's a kind of space motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, well, um, but here's the thing. Here's the other thing. Now that we've talked about the important stuff, we can get to the we can get to our dessert, the fun bits. Mm. Theresa May finally gone. Well, says she's going to be gone. Says she's going to be gone. But yeah. let's be honest. This is Theresa May. Her departure also wasn't even like the top of the news agenda yesterday. So <laughs> that's kind Owned. of like that's kind of where yeah. that's where we're at. But what I found really funny was that like. Um, in all of this, in all of this, Vince Cable, the Lib Dem leader, has like 
given free resignation speeches and no one has noticed. Wait, yeah. he's resigned? He's resigned. He's announced his resignation three times. I am times. trying to resign. <laughs> and, no, and, no, and no one has noticed. No, no one has like actually realized that. Like he's saying, please let me go. Please let me oh, go. It's so curb your enthusiasm. And he actually looks quite a lot like Larry David now. So it's kind of it's all well, coming together. I mean, and he also he has a penchant for fedoras. So he really does seem like Vince Cable is going to be the world's oldest school shooter. Damn, <laughs> economics genius, Vince Cable. Um, yeah, I mean, well, the reason why Theresa May's res- resignation wasn't top of the news agenda is that it doesn't fucking matter. No one cares because it's so irrelevant because it's just another internecine spat in the Tory party between like the analogy as I've been saying is like basically you're on a plane that's going down and the air hostesses are saying don't worry this is all under control and then just from the cockpit you're hearing I don't know Barry maybe we can talk about the altimeter after you talk about why you fucked my wife like that's the like that is the whole Tory government um, and then but then everyone who wants to oust Theresa May and replace her only have worse ideas they're like god this Theresa May character who get a load of her whereas if I was in charge like it's like if you're at the first world war and they're like god we need to get rid of Field Marshal Haig this charging at the Germans with bayonets thing really isn't working. People should be using my strategy of charging at the Germans with big rubber dildos. Then we'd be fine. <laughs> Ovipositors. Ovipositor yeah. <laughs> weapons. We're going to put gelatin eggs in the Wehrmacht. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be so horned up for alien dick they won't know what hit them. So so, so what, in, what in fact happened is that uh, she was after the European elections, which we've held, uh, she has decided she just said, I'm going to put the Brexit deal to Parliament one more time. But she didn't even get to. She tried so hard <laughs> and she got shot. so far. Yeah. And yeah, so she is she is now going to go down in history as uh, the Lincoln Park Prime Minister. <laughs> She's the rapper from Lincoln Park. Yeah, she That's... is. She's the pri- she is the prime ministerial equivalent of the rapper from Lincoln Park, or perhaps the rapper from Evanescence. Yeah. Uh, and as in as much as you, she's quite. She was quite inescapable, but you can't say she really did much to improve what she was working on. Yeah, I think Matt, Han- <laughs> Matt Hancock is the rapper from Evanescence. <laughs> He's like rap is a fantastic way to learn about your body. <laughs> Look, yeah, Matt Hancock is someone who's who, when asked his favorite rap. No, actually, that's not true. Matt Hancock helped set and. Uh, uh, I hate to give him credit, but he helped save grime as a music genre. When he was when he was DCMS secretary, he undid the um, I think section. They weren't letting venues book grime artists because they said, "Oh, this promotes crime or whatever." Yeah, well, they would they would say, "What is the ethnicity of the music mm. you're playing?" And if you wrote black, they wouldn't let you play it. They're like it's degenerate. It's degenerate yeah, rhythms. Eight. Rhythms touch the ovaries of white women <laughs> in strange ways that we don't fully understand. And as much as we like to own him, like just remember, Matt Hancock was the DCMS secretary who oversaw the dismantling of that particular rule. Oh no, I unironically love Matt Hancock. Genuinely, oh, like, yeah, he's, no, the he's the only good Tory. Boy. He's the exception that proves the rule. Like, I mean, no, he shouldn't be in charge of a pencil, but. But he yeah. at least seems very sweet. Did you see him the other morning on Good Morning Britain when he was being... Piers Morgan was trying to have a go at him and I was like, don't you touch my sweet special boy. Because <laughs> basically, immediately before the interview, this was like not on air, but they had been recording it. He'd eaten a Stroop waffle. <laughs> yes, I saw <laughs> And then that. Piers Morgan is being like, like yeah, you what, are you fatty. are the health secretary. What kind of example are you saying? And then they're bringing up statistics on screen of like the amount of sugar and fat in a Stroop waffle. And he's like, is that what you're saying? A healthy breakfast? You know, there's children watching this. They're eating breakfast right now. Are you saying, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, that that's what they should be eating for breakfast? And he's like, 
Well, they're, they're quite tasty, you know. I mean, I think, I think anything in moderation is fine. You know, he's like, he's like, but you're supposed to be saying an example. And he's like, well, you know, you've got to have a little bit of pleasure in life, haven't you, really? And then like, and he's just like grinning like a Labrador into the camera. And Piers Morgan is trying to do his like fake puce-faced rage. And he's just like, I don't, well, it's just a waffle. <laughs> that's true. I think Matt Hancock is a Labrador that's been turned into a human by a witch with a penchant for apps. He's Mr. Peanut Butter. That is Matt Hancock. <laughs> Any case, uh, so but one of the main reactions to Theresa May has been to say, "Oh, Theresa May tried very hard. She had an impossible task. You can see how she broke down crying at the end of her resignation speech. She was um, sad. Poor Theresa. <laughs> all, all we can say ooh, is, to we- ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah." Poor, but also, she's poor like, Teresa. she's not actually Linkin Park. She's like the fucking, like, um, she's the meatloaf prime minister, right? Because it's like, I would do anything to make Brexit happen, except build any form of consensus. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, I'll do anything to make Brexit happen, except do any of the things that would be necessary, like define it in reasonable terms or like try and work with the opposition. Like, those, oh, apart from those things, <laughs> I'll do anything. Well, judging by the judging by the reaction from the media, maybe she should have started the crying like at the start of the process. Maybe on the like first just yeah. two years ago. Yeah, on the first sixteen, she just come it. out weeping. She'd be the first, she'd be the first drill prime minister. Every speech she yeah. gives, she's just crying oh, the whole man. time. That, no that one, picture of no her. No one will pass my Brexit deal, and it makes me feel really bad. And the media would have got on board. Everybody would have been down for it. Brexit. That yeah. picture of her on the front of the Daily Mail crying is such a visceral image. It's like it's worse than any pornography I've ever watched in my life. Like it's just you know, like you know when you've watched, you know when you sometimes you've happened on some pornography and afterwards you're like, I wish I'd never seen that. Like, that's how I feel about that picture. I'm like, there's something like it's like her her face contorted into some kind of actual human emotion is like so weird to look upon. Um, I wasn't happy about it. Well, but and I think- it did not affect me in a sexual way. I'd like <laughs> to make that clear, just in a kind of like guttural disgust way. Um, so I think the other thing to remember is that like anyone saying that she she tried very hard and deserves credit, she was a public servant with an impossible task, etc. To remember that in her tenure as Home Secretary and Prime Minister, she like oversaw the deportation of of many British citizens, skyrocketing food bank use, cutting all the all, most disability benefits. Like she oversaw like more people in poverty and more rich people hoarding all of their obscene wealth. She made Britain a stupider crueler society and we're good to be rid of her um so here is here is what Except she said that her replacement will be cyborg hitler and for that we are sorry <laughs> <laughs> so here's what she said from her speech security freedom opportunity these values have guided me throughout my career but the unique privilege of this office is to use this platform to give a voice to the voiceless Fuck and off. to fight the burning injustices that still scar our society. Oh, you mean like when you deported a bunch of citizens to Jamaica? <laughs> like when you, they literally canceled people's passports. They literally denied a guy cancer treatment because they're like, oh, you can't prove that you were brought here when your parents were British citizens because all the paper that could have been used to prove it was destroyed by us for some reason. They literally made they make a guy space. die of cancer because they're like, well, uh, technically the rules don't let us treat you in the hospital. Like, this summer, Theresa May, Steven Seagal, 
burning injustice. <laughs> I just it, like it, when you when you see the things that they do, like whether it's banal cruelty, like them just turning around and deciding to like slowly but surely jack up the costs of how much it, to to renew visas, so that hoping that more people will fall out of out of legal status and be able to be deported. Like or when it's things like canceling a guy's passport while he's visiting his dying parents in Jamaica, or refusing a guy NHS treatment for cancer. It's just all this stuff about like oh we feel sorry for Theresa May. It's like you if you if you feel sorry for Theresa May, it's because your parents are Tories who were just as cruel as her. Otherwise, <laughs> and you're recognizing that weird, like dying robot running out of batteries look as emotion. Otherwise, like I, I just don't understand how you could look My at that. My parents took me to Jamaica every year. I don't see what's wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I love that to give a voice to the voiceless. Yes, the the many large pools of dark money hidden in the Cayman Islands that represent most of the Conservative Party constituency. Well, I mean, hey, money re- is the most voiceless person of all. <laughs> you know who's really voiceless? The guy whose benefits they cut and who died, and he was thirty seven kilograms when he fucking starved to death. Like that guy kind of needs a voice. Yeah, but also, what of the taxpayers who live in, like, Maidenhead and Kenton stuff? They need a second, like, garage extension. Can we please also bring up the fact that she, as, as a means of trying to, like, buttress her moral credentials in her farewell speech, she brought up the kinder transport when Britain has literally done everything it can to stop the resettlement of refugee children in Britain yeah, she under heard, her tenure? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She heard about the kinder transport and was like, oof. Thanks for warning me. I'll make sure that doesn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Andy, hey, I know hey, we're, hey, we're, going, hey. we're going on a tangent about, about British, British politics, but yes, Theresa May uh, has just, there is nothing that she's done that hasn't been two-faced or cynical, in my opinion. And all of like this idea that she was just doing the best that she could, I mean, in the sense that she's really dumb and really likes being owned, that it's just sort of her kink, I can, I can get behind that. But as far as like her having any genuine intentions... Uh, she had genuine intentions. It's just her intentions <laughs> were to bad. make Britain. <laughs> yeah, very bad intentions. So I'm going to quickly run through the seven burning injustices she promised to address, and then we'll move on to something a little bit the farthest away from us possible. The seven deadly That's right. Injustices. We're going to go to Australia after this. Oh, crikey. The seven Why? burning injustices. Okay. Bur- burning injustice the first. If you're born poor, you will die on average nine years earlier than others. How do you think Theresa May did? Uh, considering that that even American journalism is like, wow, Britain sucks now, or like its welfare state is gone. It looks a lot more like America. I think she did badly. Uh, yes, the mm-hmm. life expectancy gap has grown. Yep, <laughs> she Great. she it got worse while she was in power. Uh, <laughs> maybe she's just trying to help put people out of their misery faster. You think of that? <laughs> Narrator, the to- it did not get better. The Tory drag out their suffering. You know. The, the Tory response mm. is like, well, millions of people might be using food banks, but also millions of people no longer feel guilty about the food they aren't using in their pantries. So it's impossible to say if it's good or bad. Yeah. Mm. If anything, it's just made the food banks more efficient. Yeah, exactly. It's like Tories are dignitas for poor people. <laughs> Burning injustice the second. If you're black, you're treated more harshly by the criminal justice system than if you're white. They had to scour high, far, and wide to find a single white person that was affected by the Windrush deportations. They found a Canadian, but she had managed to fucking get help through a re- through, through like a refugee NGO. But mm. they, after weeks and weeks of scouring through the cases, they found one white person because the program was organized to deport black people. Yes, correct. Look, if they send me back, it's not that bad. The wine's very good, eh? <laughs> Drake's offered me a lift on his plane. <laughs> <laughs> He's the gonna, wine, we're gonna have some poutine. The wine is good, you asshole. In British Columbia, in Niagara on the Lake, it's very good. Stratus is a fantastic winery. They do assemblage. <laughs> okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> okay. 
Welcome Look, to it's very weird you doing that while you're wearing <laughs> a Palace hat and a full-blooded <laughs> Italian t-shirt. <laughs> Welcome to Trash Future, the patriotic Canadian podcast day. Uh, God, okay, hey. Canadian wine. I'm going to go to Canada this summer. I'm going to bring you back some wine and then you'll fucking see. I'm going to own you by bringing you back free wine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never get That's that a Canadian one. own right there. You're going to be sorry when I give you lots of free wine. Um, so... It, from I'll show you, buddy. From June 2016, the average custodial sentence for black people in Britain has increased. The white, the white custodial sentences stay the same. Damn, I can't believe that black people started doing more crimes in response to Theresa May being what a what a what a campaign of civil disobedience they were waging. Um, the third burning injustice uh, is if you're a white working class boy, the most the most underserved group. David Goodhart's special boys. Mm. You're less likely than anyone else in Britain to go to university. How do you think she did on that one? Probably fucking terrible. Yeah, she actually did uh, net net zero. Uh, The number of attendees at universities has gone up, but that's uh, same as trend on trend from previous years because Britain keeps building insane, terrible universities everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the University of Butthole uh, in yes, South Buckinghamshire. Yes, yes, exactly. The University of Butthole, Milo. Where you can do it, where you can do a degree in, like, the many crimes of Joey Barton or whatever, <laughs> like, bizarre, like, uh, I'll have a degree in, in media and uh, nonsense. <laughs> number, burning injustice the fourth. If you're at a state school, you're less likely to reach the top professions than if you're educated privately. How do we think Theresa May did? Well, by the looks of a fucking cabinet, not that well. <laughs> Didn't they want to reestablish grammar schools? Like, wasn't that yes. part of their thing? Like, I can't imagine they really fucking care about and those academies. Outcomes. They wanted to let the power of the free market educate children. Oh, yeah. Well, also, they're using the Department for Education to strong arm state schools into going into receivership for private entities. So, yeah. So you yeah. can learn the type of math that they teach you at Oscar Mayer. So I assume she did badly. Um it is also it is found that people from professional backgrounds uh, pro- are eighty percent more likely to get into another professional job than their less privileged peers, um, and the, the number of the cabinet who attended um, public schools has gone up. Yes, no surprise. <laughs> if Fantastic. You're, if you're a woman, you will earn less than a man. Can't imagine that's gotten better, considering no one's earning more than they did before 2008 in this country. Ah. Mm. Women, on average, still earn eighteen percent less than men. So Theresa May has so far, one problem kind of got better in a way that doesn't really solve the underlying issue by accident through no intervention of hers. Everything else has essentially gotten worse. Well, Theresa May has now made that even worse because she's now earning nothing. (laughs) (laughs) If you suffer from mental health problems, this is the next burning injustice, there's not enough help to hand. Um, Let's see. Hang on. I'm, I'm looking at this here. Uh, children's community, children's mental health is especially strange. Just 16% of children referred for help last year were seen in within six weeks. I was going to say, didn't aren't the wait times for mental health services, particularly for children, like obscenely long here? Yes. Uh, the, basically, Theresa May promised to solve this particular burning injustice by giving a real terms cut to mental health care to then mm. incentivize it to do better. <laughs> she basically tried to like Jeff Bezos gamify the Amazon warehouse of like talk therapy in Britain. Exactly. She was giving a little spank on the behind in a way that was going to turn on Britain's mental health yes, services and you, make them, you know, you get you get an you get an attaboy from your therapist and told to just focus. <laughs> you, you are, And finally, finally, burning injustice, the seventh. If you're young, you'll find it harder than ever to own your home. But how, easier than ever to how, own how the do we, how, how do we? How do we think that Theresa May did? Andy, any insight? Oh, it's probably pretty good, judging by everything we've heard so far. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to win one sooner or later. It's like flipping a coin. 
<laughs> since you're since you're a resident of a country that also has a very sane property market, I imagine you can tell just how easy it is for people to own their own homes in Britain. Oh yes, yes, especially home ownership among home ownership among twenty five to thirty four year olds has fallen steadily over the past two decades as property prices have soared. <laughs> Again, nothing. I personally don't pay the bear tax. I pay the homer tax. <laughs> So uh, that's that's the that's the assessment of of Theresa May's seven burning injustices, and let's not forget the eighth burning injustice, Grenfell Tower, which again she a over- literal burning injustice, a burning injustice that she oversaw and referenced in her speech while failing to do anything to help any of them. Because mm. aren't there still like twenty other council blocks covered with the same shit? Yep, that, and they haven't done anything about look, it. Look, look, that's expensive to replace. Well, um, mm. the, the, like the Grenfell Commission report still hasn't been published. Um, no. And she wanted to like, in the speech, so I got this impression, but she, she kind of wanted to be, she wanted to make that her legacy. Like, well, not, not like an intentional sense. Like, I think obviously she wanted to kind of be like the Brexit prime minister with these intentions of like mm. uniting the Conservative Party over like the Europe question. And obviously that fucked up in a major way. So her thing was, oh, as a concession prize, like, you know, maybe I can take credit for responding to the Grenfell fire by doing something or like saying by leaving something. the people unhoused and right. not not but making like, it a priority to remove the flammable but climbing. like what 30 yeah. percent of 30 30 percent or something like are still living in like bed and breakfast motels um and the rest you know and the and like a biggest percentage like living like still living in inadequate housing it's a real adventure you know the guy in chat they're experiencing the great outdoors yeah, well, yeah, that's what it is. It's welcome, welcome to Tory Britain, where everything's an escape room. <laughs> oh. Your prize, if you escape, is death. That is, uh, that is the only escape. The prize is sweet release. <laughs> also, like, how Theresa May, like, has all these, like, notional goals or whatever of her. And it's like, but you've not even, she's not even tried to do anything about them. It's not even that she's, like, tried to do something about them in, like, some wrong-headed Tory way. It's just like, like, oh, young people owning their own home. Well, like, have you built any houses? No. Like, have you like have you tried to do anything to curb like the ridiculous like commoditization of the London property market by like Russian Chinese investors? No. Like you've even like you've not even attempted to do anything. Not even a fig leaf thing. You're just like, <laughs> oh, somehow magically this massive systemic problem has not gotten better by me doing nothing about it. Wow, How I'm sho- weird. I'm shocked that the PM of the landlord party hasn't solved the landlord problem. <laughs> no, well, we need a- to boycott B and Q. That's going to solve well, the problem. It's a, look, the problem thing is Theresa may was trying to be a one nation tory which is a political philosophy from the 19th century in an era of like extreme capital mobility so you it is impossible it is a contradiction to try and be a conservative who redistributes in an era where you can move billions with a click like it's just not possible because capital dis- cap if you're the party of capital capital disciplines you too mm. much like and so it is she went out to solve these burning injustices uh, and then just realized she could do nothing because yeah. all of these problems are created by the market. And if you are a party of capital, 
in a in a global in a globalized world of capital mobility, mm. you can't discipline the market. It just disciplines you. Well, so basically, all that's happening, Russia, all that's happening, capitalist Russia. Yeah, kind of. So all that's basically all that's happened is she has correctly identified a number of problems and yeah. then quite promptly and decisively did precisely nothing about them. Well, and also, if you're the Tory Party, you can't have a political ideology from the 19th century because you're never going to get the DUP to vote for that because they would find that far too modern. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you can't. You 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 also can't recreate their signature political or economic achievement of the 19th century: slavery. The Tory Party opposed burning witches at the stake, <laughs> and until they're prepared to negotiate on that, we cannot support their manifesto. So, I wanna I wanna go across several oceans now, though. I wanna go somewhere that our our friend Andy might find a little closer to home. That's right. Is it my home? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yes, we're talking about Andy's home in Canberra. Yeah. Woo. Um, so you guys just had an election. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, are your arms tired. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. And it, it sucks. Uh, it sucks big time. So yep. basically, if I'm if I'm not if I'm not wrong here, your fascist party called or your light fascist party called the Liberal Party, allied mm-hmm. with your outright fascist party called the National Party, in order to beat. Um, radical, con- radical, radical socialist, Leninist revolutionary William Bill Shorten, who was willing to actually propose a, sm- a minor tax on diesel pickup trucks. I wish They're called Utes, Riley. They're called fucking Utes. You can't come Utes. for our fucking Utes. We will kill you. First the Utes and then the sausage and bread. This has to stop. Well, if he touches so is, me, is that fucking Utes, I'll be spitting chips, eh? Oh yes, come on every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking rack off, Phil. Get away from me, fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that a fair assessment? Um, Well, I guess um, the the National Party isn't the psycho um, nationalist party. They are like the the country party, the rural party, basically. So they have a, a coalition with the Liberal Party. And they then harvested a whole bunch of preferences from the actual full on um, saying the quiet part, extremely loud nationalist and fascist parties that have sprung up lately. Um, ah, yes. The, the uh, Fraser Anning uh, omelet party. Friends. Yes. Our eggy friends. So, so the only good yeah. news, the only good news to come out of this election is that um, Fraser Anning lost his seat. He was not reelected. Yep. Fuck um, off, Fraser Anning. Get the owned. fuck out of here. No, no, you go back to where you came from. I mean, he's, gonna, he's, he's just going to be, he's, he's just going to go to America and be like a consultant, right? Uh, <laughs> he's going to get a job on like the rebel TV. Uh, yeah. He's going to do reverse Milo Yiannopoulos and go from <laughs> Australia to America to be more racist. <laughs> Probably. Apparently, apparently, like we finally did answer our question of exactly how Nazi is too Nazi. And the answer was, <laughs> the answer was openly being a Nazi. Um, yeah, we thought we'd answered that question at the Nuremberg trials, but it turned out nope. that no. <laughs> it, tur- it turns out there were some lingering, lingering questions to answer. Yeah. No, it like, turns out for example, like, well, we're okay with we're okay with like dog whistling about you know African immigration and African gangs gang. and all that kind of shit. We're fine with all of that stuff. We're fine with um, uh, the liberals ran an ad during uh, the election, which was about. Uh, Bill Shorten's Labour Party announcing that they were going to raise the refugee intake um, on, only back to what the Liberals had already cut it by recently 
and they um the ad was uh labor labor wants to bring in like 30,000 more immigrants every year and tax you to pay for it and, like, <laughs> you specifically the ads, the ads were straight up just saying like your money is going to be stolen from you and used to pay for these brown people yeah that's um, that's basically like they might as well have, have created a billboard where it's like i I'm I'm sorry, Sheila. We can't have Christmas this year. We needed to buy refugees flat screen TVs. <laughs> oh, this this was this was like when uh when you would come on our show recently, Riley, and there was all the the electric vehicle stuff where Labor had introduced as one of one of their very small measures for doing anything about uh, climate change or any any form of environmental action was to say we want to set this very modest target for. Um, fifty percent of vehicles being sold being electric vehicles by twenty thirty, and the Liberal Party jumped off from that point to say things like they are trying to take away the weekend <laughs> <laughs> because because electric cars take so long to charge, so you won't be able to take your boat to the coast. The socialists anymore. are trying to make the is it trying to make the weekend illegal because of climate change. Why do we care about climate change? We live in a massive desert whose primary industry is agriculture. Why the fuck would I care about global warming? <laughs> Why would that be any kind of problem? <laughs> so so yeah, basically basically what has happened is um I, I think like a very notable thing here is there are parallels not precise ones but parallels to like trump's election in 2016 where all of the polling was saying there's no way he's going to win this thing and everybody was like look at this guy what a dickhead there's no way he's going to win and then he won and everybody went "Ooh." Uh, so that's Yowza. basically yeah. that's basically what's and happened. Everyone here. suddenly switched to like he's a genius. So they so di- they didn't understand how much people loved Donald Trump. So n- news poll news poll is one of the major polling companies here, one of the major political polling companies here. Um, Scott Morrison, who unfortunately is still the Prime Minister, uh, the whole time he has been leading the Liberal National Coalition, um, the, mm. the Liberal Party has not won a two-party preferred news poll against Labour. So they have been, they have been mm. behind the entire time that he has been leader. Um, so everybody was saying, well, you know, it's pretty much a shoo-in. Even, even like the bet betting agencies, which take bets here on who's going to win the election, which a little questionable to me, but yeah, um, they they do that here too. Yeah, and you, I you can you can bet on minor political things here, like who will be the next Tory leader, or how many times will like will Corbyn get interrupted in his like PMQ speech. Like you can bet on anything. Well, th- like Look, we love to a, bet. A thing came out the other day, which was that um that a. Uh, newspaper editor admitted to having laid a four-figure bet on the Liberals to win the election like a month or two ago. And he's the financial editor of the biggest newspaper in the country. And and they and they like, you know, ran a ran a massive campaign against Labour because they're a fucking Murdoch paper. That can't be bad. Yeah, no, of course. And this I was is, like, look, 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 
He's, he placed that bet as a he placed that bet in a personal capacity. No, I yeah, promise yeah. it didn't affect his judgment. I was very skeptical about that until I heard that Rupert Murdoch was involved, and then I was like, "Well, that must be above board." Yeah. You know, yeah. that guy's never done anything bad. So, so I, I presume that Scott Morrison won because of the amazing, inspiring speeches that he made during the campaign. Like, I believe that Australia is a place, and that that place is an Australian place, which is a promise to every Australian <laughs> that they have a right to be uh, Australian. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, every every one of those things is um is is just absolutely fucking worthless. All of his, I we're the country of a fair go. If you give a go, you'll get a go, and that means people will have a go. Like that's literally <laughs> that, that's, that's literally a, the shit that he was saying. It made me feel that's a that's not a political sentiment. That's a Eurovision song contest <laughs> entry. Has <laughs> Scott Morrison just been having a stroke since he became prime minister? <laughs> it it makes you feel like you're having a minor aneurysm every time that you were listening to the prime minister say, "Yeah, yeah, a fair go for all. If you if you have a go, you'll get a go, and you'll be given a go, and then you can have a go. It's never really only if clearer. the refugees go. Why does this room <laughs> smell like burning toast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to ask. I want to ask. Yeah. Do you guys have a Jeremy Corbyn figure? Uh, unfortunately, that's a big fucking no from us. A jam uh, granddad. Uh oh. <laughs> there's uh -oh. no. So there is no one on the left. There's no there's Jezza. No there's no Jezza. There's no Bernie. Um. There's there's just. There's nothing happening. Like. I, I would say I, I would say that there are jazzes and Bernies, but they all like they're all like racists who they're all like racist surfers from like Brisbane or something. <laughs> so there are guys called Jezza and Bernie, but they're just hanging out on the beach. <laughs> they live on the Gold Coast, and they're like, "Get the fucking refugees out!" <laughs> that are oh, the Scots who live on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yes, the Gold I'm Coast of Scotland. Refugees <laughs> coming in and taking our surfboards. I love it. This is basically it's a, a fucking it's, disgrace. And any time we do anything with Bunta Vista, it's always is like accent future but it's also mm. funny too because milo and i have anytime that i fuck up an accent milo lets me know and then anytime milo does an american accent i'm like what undersea american atlantis did you find that person in? american atlantis the very same mm. so look look fortunately newspaper the australian has issued an editorial giving bill shorten well former the former party of radical communist william quote bill shorten uh some advice do we want to hear what the it's Australian... It's amazing to me that they called him William and his middle name is Bill. <laughs> Unbelievable. Do you want to hear what the Australian's advice for labor is? <sighs> Go Hit get me. more racist. <laughs> I, I don't know. Kind of. It's time to get racist. Nate, I told so, you, don't, don't, don't bury the lead of the segment. <laughs> turning the yeah, big more racism less, dial, looking back at the audience. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing. Mm. Labor's vote. The, this is not attributed to a single person. It's the editorial staff of magazine The Australian or newspaper mm. The Australian. I like that collective responsibility, just following so, orders, Andy, that kind is, of stuff. Is The Australian a Murdoch paper? It is. Okay. So it's also, it's also the, only, the only broadsheet left in the country. Um, oh, good. So, so the yeah, Australian it's papers abroad can read. So the Australians sold everywhere, um, and then there is also the sort of um, main tabloid papers in in each state, like the Herald Sun and the Daily Telegraph, that are basically just carbon copies of each other in Sydney and Melbourne, and they're both uh, Murdoch papers. Um, at least in like Melbourne and Canberra and some other places, you can get like um, some Fairfax papers. Um, like The Age and um, the Sydney Morning Herald and stuff like that. Queensland, you basically cannot buy a newspaper that is not bought to you by Rupert Murdoch. Qu Queensland, you just have mm. like Ben's Twitter feed. Yep. 
That's that's. Well, the I was going to ask about that too because uh, I, I noticed a lot of commentary on election night uh, with people complaining about Queensland, and I, I got the impression that that gave the vote or, or significantly skewed the vote towards the coalition as opposed to like up until that moments when the Queensland results started coming in, it seemed like Labor might actually do far better. Yeah, um, the the Queensland vote generally uh, skews to the right a lot, but. Interestingly, there was also uh, the uh, the other minor parties, the big time racism parties. So there's One Nation, uh, Pauline Pauline Hanson's One Nation, and who I don't I don't know if you guys saw any it of that like stuff. Sounds like an 80s synth pop supergroup. Pauline <laughs> Hanson's One Nation. Pauline Hanson's Pauline Hanson's One Nation, um, and there's also the the Fraser Anning's. Uh, sorry, yeah, Fraser Anning's uh, Conservative Australia Party. So I think they didn't they didn't win anything. Um, also, all of the Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, and mm. so they they diverted all of Channeling their preferences. Vladimir Putin's United Russia for uh, <laughs> I believe, and I believe we have a clip for United Australia. Oh yes, oh yes, we so, do. Hang on, I'm going to put that in. So, so the deal with Clive Palmer is that he is a a mining billionaire. Um, he mm. was previously solely earth kind of guy. And he, he mines salt from the earth. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so you know, he's he's running running himself on this platform of like standing up for the working class because he's outside of the political bubble and he's independently wealthy, so he can't oh, be bought. So is he a working class oh, billionaire? Oh, he's that, a working class billionaire. That's that's while he that's how he likes to position himself while he is still engaged in a dispute where he has shut down a nickel mining factory and still owes seven million dollars in wages to all the workers who were there. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm not going to pay them. I mean, yeah. that would be, you know, that, no, would be that, would, that would turn them into elites. It would make them not working class anymore. They'd lose touch exactly. with their roots yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they would get like weird hair. It's tough love, right? He's, he's yeah. teaching them to be hungry, right? He to, be to, self-sufficient. You know, exactly. So if, um, th- if that's, if that's our, Oh, so I can, can finish off with United Australia because I want to get into this. Uh, oh, so so this basically, basically what has happened with the United Australia Party is that Clive Palmer has spent $50 million of his own money um, just blasting the airwaves and putting up billboards everywhere with incoherent bald-faced lies as promises to people like, if we get elected, you just won't pay tax anymore and we'll give you all a free car. Like this, th- that kind of level of shit. Um, Not running, one of those electric pussy cars. Yeah, running candidates. A real diesel car. Running candidates in every seat in the country. Uh, so he spent $50 million of his own money to not win a single seat, but that kind of doesn't matter to him because what he did through this, through our preferential voting system, was redirect all preferences from votes that came to his party to the Liberals. So basically, you can see in the preferential voting flows throughout the country that, uh, like in Queensland, where there was a big swing towards minor parties, um, some little super racist minor and independent parties, that they all directed their preferences to the Liberals because they would rather have the Liberals in than Labor or the Greens, um, which has basically b- played a big part in the Liberals getting this victory. So now Clive Palmer basically gets to say, oh, good, I have directly intervened and spent $50 million of my own money to make sure that a conservative government gets in, which isn't going to do anything about you know uh, mining royalties or climate change or emissions trading or anything like that. 
So basically, he spent $50 million of his own money to be like a preference re-diverting super PAC for the liberals. Yeah, um, that's and, what they call a fair go. And this has resulted exactly. in, because, because it, like the quality of his candidates didn't matter. All he had to do was register someone to run in every seat in the country and pay for some ads. Now, this resulted yeah. in some very interesting ads, and I've provided one for you to play the audio of right now. <laughs> Tax cuts? In 2024? You've got to be joking. You can fool us once, but you can't fool us forever. Give these mugs a thong slap. Send them on their way. Vote United Australia Party. Authorised by Clive Palmer for the United Australia Party, Brisbane. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Give these mugs a thong slap. Send them on their way. <laughs> Episode title, Thong Mushroom Slap. <sighs> well, but hang on it. Isn't isn't a thong a flip flop? So yes. you're like yes. slapping them on on the foot. Yes. No. No. It's, That's yeah, correct. I I am assuming that this is to take your thong off and slap someone across the face with it. It's it's. I love these things like a, a real red blooded Australian man is wearing flip flops at all times in case he needs to send some bogan on their way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that guy's this, in this, that guy's I mean, in multiple TV great. spots, and I'm pretty sure he uses the word mugs in all of them. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta be joking. He um he he had quite a lot of bobcatter energy. Yeah, you know, tell these people. Tell you them they're joking. joking. <laughs> so now you gotta that give we, them a thong slip. Now that we know who's joking, I'm gonna quickly dive into this editorial from uh, the Australian. Labor's vote has plummeted this decade, leading support to Greens in the quote unquote woke inner city. <laughs> 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 oh no! The Liberals in aspirational suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> and a colorful circus of microparties, independents, and nationals in rural and regional areas. A colorful I circus. I love the racism I bet a lot of small parties weren't that colorful. <laughs> <laughs> I think colorful was exactly what they weren't going for. Well, We've got racists of every shade and stripe. Yeah. This guy is really racist towards Micronesians. <laughs> I love it. Liberals in aspirational suburbia. Yeah, I only like Macronesians. <laughs> like, uh, you move, you move to a de- uh, to a detached house, and then all of all of a sudden, you stop just listlessly lying around and go out and put on a tie and make something of yourself. Stop being woke. I also love the idea mm. that Italian Australians still talk like Italian Americans somehow. Oh, exactly. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, everyone else has an Australian accent, but they're just like, hey, fucking forget about it. Hey, I live in Queensland, yeah. the Miglia. Well, actually, no, because they don't, in Australia, they don't have Guido Italians. They have Guido Greeks who are really racist. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, because fucking Melbourne is like the second biggest Greek city on earth after Athens and they're all donating loads of money to Golden Dawn. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they want to, like, like, they're so racist. They want to keep refugees out of everywhere they're, they're like, genetically connected they're like, we've gotta to. Save, we've got to save Greece from the Greeks. <laughs> so, so, labor must not rush to easy answers for its poor showing, says the Murdoch paper. The problem was labor's crazy adventurism. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mr. Shorten's message did not have cut through because he was saddled with inferior, not to mention risky policies, especially on negative gearing for houses, the capital gains tax, franking credits, climate change, and, and regulating the labor market. It was a collective failure of thinking. Damn, I hate it when we have a collective failure of thinking. <laughs> Like, uh, why Why did he want to ban The weekend? That was the big... Er- if only he hadn't tried to ban The weekend. Bill, people love The weekend. You read that report upside down. You thought it said people hate The weekend, but it didn't. It said they love it. Because they want why twice as much listen? weekend. 
Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so sorry, you. But that would prevent people from being aspirational if they had too much weekend. Now, by um, by and, inferior and risky policies, what this guy means is that they ran on policies. They had yeah, some policies yeah. and they and they put As, them up. They ran on policies instead of someone whose brain is dying, having a stroke, and trying to communicate with you. Look, oh, I just goodness. believe that Australia is, is, is in and of itself a kind of weekend. And that if, you know, <laughs> he, uh, the rap of the weekend, in a lot of ways, he is an Australian at heart. Because at the weekend, you can have a sausage and bread. And I believe that that is, that is what Australia is about. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. It, it's it's getting in the ute with your kids. It's having a sausage, and that you know, and we stand to to protect that, or or at least to make it part of part of the ongoing struggle that is the days of the week. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, you have to sit through this shit. But welcome to Trash Future, the Accent Podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that was Labor's crazy advent- Labor's crazy adventurism of like doing. Mi- of engaging in like minimal promotion of workers' rights, going back to like what things were in the middle of the of the of the coalition government before they were cut further. It was crazy adventurism. That's the no matter what you do, a Murdoch paper will if you're not trying to like send refugees to the moon without spacesuits, then they are going to call whatever you're doing radical, unelectable communism. Mm. And like and on it, the moon, it should be refugees. it should be pointed out as well that the policies around negative gearing and franking credits were like literally just pulling back in a bit some of the the like upper class welfare business of like allowing people the the negative gearing stuff is is something that is like massively contributed to the huge explosion of the landlord class in Australia. It's part of what's making it really hard for young people to get into the housing market. Um, and the same thing for franking credits, where franking credits is this bizarre policy. We are the only country in the world that has a policy where, um, it, like, uh, in independently wealthy retirees who have self-managed funds of, like, uh, shares, when they make dividends from that through a company that is managing their shares, that company pays the tax on on the dividends um but the person who owns the shares then gets a tax refund from the government despite not having made any income or paid any income tax themselves um we spend something like six billion dollars a year on just giving money to people who are already making money hand over fist from this shit we had these people in the news this is one of these ones that like like bends my brain that people weren't just sickened by this and voting against it because they had the only people they could find to put on the news and talk about this shit. There was one guy with an English accent who gave the interview from the back of his 45 foot motorized yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I've already told you the caviar bath has nothing to do with the strength of my arguments. And the quote from him was, I think that this policy is the most unfair thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) In... So, so to, keep, to keep it in perspective, there are people like him who were saying, I'm going to lose $30,000 a year. Now, what they mean by that is, I'm going to lose the additional $30,000 income tax return that I receive from the government, in- income tax refund that I receive from the government, on top of 
the tens of thousands of dollars in profits that I'm already making on my share portfolio. And if you're making $30,000 on the tax refund part, it means you need to have a, a, a share portfolio of like $2 million. Yeah, well, that's called that's, <laughs> that's aspirational, Andy. Yeah. I know that's 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 the culture of the aspirational suburbs. You know what? That guy on the fucking yacht, I might not have much in common with him, but he respects the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, no. he cracks open a stubby, he sits on his yacht, and he enjoys Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> his life was one we big need- weekend. <laughs> We we need to stop the boats. It's just that's the boat we need to stop. (laughs) So Labor's climate policy, for example, was grand on rhetoric, but splintered under scrutiny. For example, Mr. Shorten refused to engage in rational debate over the cost of his bold 45% emissions cut, evading questions by ludicrously ludicrously claiming that it was the same as the coalition's target. But but the I coalition assume- has also said things like uh, I think during the campaign when Scott Morrison was asked, um, so what what is the coalition actually doing about you know trying to meet our climate target? And he said, oh, that's already been addressed through policy, and then just like brushed this person off and moved on to the next thing. And he's busy; he has to invest. So yeah. then, when, <laughs> when journalists to buy. <laughs> when journalists asked the the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet what policy he was actually referring to. Um, there wasn't one that anyone could find. The only policy that's been passed about anything to do with the environment was just something to do with like one type of endangered species somewhere, like absolutely nothing to do with emissions or anything like that. And the endangered species in question was your owners. <laughs> yeah, I love it. it. It wasn't a policy. It was more of a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we're giving climate change a fair go. <laughs> when, when that didn't work, he said the cost of not acting was even greater. Which it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I fucking love it when they're like, yeah, God, doing something about the environment, but how much is that going to cost? It's like, well, it doesn't matter how much it's going to cost because if we don't do it, we're all going to be fucking dead. Yeah. What? How rich do you need to be to be like, no, I'd rather stay this rich and be dead. I'd rather live in a fucking gold sarcophagus on a melting planet than spend any money on doing anything about the fact that we're all going to fucking die. <laughs> It's all right. You're going to get to live in Jeff Bezos's Elysium space station. <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking pedophile colony in space. Well, yeah, all the, all the rich people are just going to move to Mars where there's no age of consent laws. <laughs> and that's the thing. Hey, the- buddy, they call it the red planet for a reason. <laughs> oh. It's the... the, the the Australian goes and dismisses this as slogans and gimmicks. Not dying is a slogan or gimmick. Unlike, the, unlike what, unlike what fucking Scott Morrison said about like how Australians should have a fair go, and every Australian ultimately, when you think about it, is a go. Webster's Dictionary defines yeah. fair as etc. It's amazing to me that people in Australia haven't seen the film Mad Max, <laughs> like the only Australian film ever made. I also am laughing about this because, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but you guys have been having 
horrible fucking heat waves in the summer that have been killing lots of people, right? Oh, yeah. yeah like, people need uh, to save money on their air conditioning. Like the idea that it, they're like, oh, I wonder if this has anything to do with this climate change I've been hearing so much about. It's, it's like, oh, no, it was always 45 degrees in the summer in fucking Australia. Yeah, it's Bill Shorten's doing it as propaganda. He all these, mm. all these heat waves you think you're experiencing, it's actually a slogan and or gimmick. Listen, he's making the weekend too hot because he hates the weekend. <laughs> he's trying to burn out the weekend. <laughs> he's trying to stop you having a barbie. Okay. <laughs> By making it too hot, which is why you have to go out there and get a melanoma to show <laughs> Bill Shorten that you're fucking serious about the weekend. Uh, so to conclude this article, as Troy Bramston wrote this week, Labour uh, excuse is... Excuse me. <laughs> un- unblock me on Twitter, Troy Bramston, you fucking coward. <laughs> as Troy Bramston Debate wrote, me at this barbecue, you coward. As Troy Bramston wrote this week, Labour is still struggling with its identity, having a moved away from the center ground, where of course elections are won. Whoever leads Labour will need to pull it away from Bill Shorten's class war and envy, and back to the policies of Bob Hawke, its most successful leader. Uh, I mean, to be fair. A man who held the world record for downing a yard of ale, <laughs> and people people say to me, Milo, isn't that isn't that? So they say to me all the time. They're like, Milo, isn't that really surprising <laughs> that a man who initially held the world record for downing a yard of ale then went on to become prime minister of Australia? And I said, what you haven't understood there is that that is how you become the prime minister of Australia. <laughs> Everyone lines up and you, you they get the yards of ale out, and whoever does it fastest, you know, that's where that's where William Bill Shorten went wrong. <laughs> the oh, pro- look, I, the other I don't want to. I don't want to get into like encouraging Australia's problem drinking culture which we already have but let me just say during the campaign scott morrison did a did like a photo op thing at a pub and as soon as he got in there and got a beer everybody in the beer started everybody in the pub started uh, like singing in unison like a, a football you must immediately down this whole drink deal and he just went uh, and like took a sip of his beer and put it back oh, down. I was like, "You fucking that's the Australian pussy. bacon sandwich moment." You fucking that's the Australian pussy. Ed Miliband eating a bacon sandwich weird moment with oh. Bill Shorten failing to chin a drink. But that, that was, was Scott, that Scott Morrison. Morrison. That was Scott no, Morrison. Sorry, Bill Short, William Bill Shorten. Scott Morrison. Chi- Scott Morrison has tequila in his coffee. That's why his speeches are and so he's good. Still won. Look, yeah, <laughs> it's weird how like the person who is apparently the 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 political effete elitist asshole can't drink in the pub with the lads is still the prime minister because uh surely the murdoch newspapers don't have any other interests at heart besides good good at drinking skills yeah exactly it's that and you have to be nice to mining companies and you have to drink really fast you can accuse you have to be a you can accuse bill shorten of of sloganeering but I don't know how you can argue with, with a figure like Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison when he makes statements like this it is my vision for this country as your Prime Minister to keep the promise of Australia to all Australians. That's amazing. How do you argue <laughs> with that? How do you, you know what argue? This is? No, I know what this is. He's doing the Marcus Aurelius speech from Rome. There once was a dream <laughs> that was... Ro- no, from Gladiator, rather. There yeah. once was a dream that was Rome. Whisper with me now, brother. Get out the refugees. <laughs> so I think... There I- once was a dream that was Australia, but you could only whisper it. <laughs> Killing the aboriginals <laughs> So the takeaway I think the takeaway here is is two things Right Number one is that w- What the polling wasn't picking up here um, And the polling Is totally fucked in this country And isn't working or anything But the thing that people were paying attention to Was the two party preferred polling Which had Labour a bit out in front For dozens and dozens of polls in a row But the other poll that was important 
was the preferred prime minister poll. And so, keep mm-hmm. in mind that the entire time that Scott Morrison has been prime minister, they have never won a news poll in, as, as a two-party preferred rating against Labor. The entire time that Malcolm Turnbull was prime minister, he lost 30 news polls in a row. Um, that was the metric that he used as justification for unseating Tony Abbott, previous prime minister, because he lost 30 news polls in a row. So, they've been losing, like, they've been- but He ate a raw onion, so- <laughs> they've been Doesn't rated, that count for something? They've been rated more unfavorably <laughs> than the Labor Party that entire time. And also, in mm. that entire time, Bill Shorten has never been more popular as a preferred leader than any of those guys. They've all been leading an abysmally unpopular government, and Bill Shorten has been significantly more unpopular than all of them the whole fucking time. <laughs> so, the, like, Jesus. the reality is, everybody was looking at the two-party preferred thing and saying, oh, they're out in front, they're out in front. But the reality was that they had a leader who has been, like, 20 points less popular than some of the most unpopular conservative leaders in decades the entire time. He has never come within, like, 15 points of being more popular than any the of them. He's a weekend-hating motherfucker. He's just- He's just- <laughs> He's just kind of- He's bland. He's dry. People know him as, like, being a-, a you know, very like union backed guy and everything. And the reality is that he has just never the entire time that he's been labor leader, he has never been able to cut through with the electorate in any kind of way. Come on. He's he's (laughs) never been able to galvanize people's support in any kind of way. People have never really trusted him. So the reality is no matter what your politics are, no matter what your policies are, no matter how like milk toast and not really that adventurous they are, you just cannot get people to vote for you if you have a leader that cannot convince anyone that he's trustworthy. And that's the situation that they found themselves in. In, in the United Kingdom, you, you, Jeremy Corbyn is underwater in favorability polls, but that's also because there's a nonstop, unanimous attempt by the entirety of British media to paint him as like this lunatic. Um, he's got lots of people who are very favorable for him, but then there's also more people are more favorable against him. But the Labour Party as a whole is proposing policies that people get behind. Like the Labour Labour platform is quite popular. Um, but the, the, the constant centrist journal, journalist dinner party complaint is that Theresa May is incompetent, the Tories are incompetent, and yet Jeremy Corbyn is behind, which doesn't take into account the fact that the, the media in this country is almost unanimously right-wing, and it's constantly like, mad Marxist Jeremy Corbyn wants to make you farm the ocean for some reason. Like, it's just all this just insanity. I mean, I literally just read something in the Financial Times yesterday that said... Uh, Boris Johnson would be the right Tory leader because it'll uh, he should be the PM because otherwise a mad Marxist will take over and what the Financial Times aligning itself with a reactionary nationalist yeah Jeremy, no. Jeremy Corbyn he's going to turn HSBC into jam <laughs> you don't understand he's, he's going to destroy the country he's going to turn Canary Wharf into an allotment. He's gonna he's gonna turn your Porsche into a cabbage. He's gonna do it. You don't understand. He's he's a madman. He's crazy. So do you so wanna hear you wanna hear the good news about the person that seems to be the, the heir apparent to the Labour leadership? Uh, it, yes. Is, yeah. it, is it actually good news? If if you're thinking to yourself, hey, surely there's there's an exciting figure waiting in the wings. So 
the person that everybody is is clearing the decks for, so before even nominating themselves to the leadership, all these people are saying, oh, I thought about mm. it, and the factional shit kickers have been around and told me that they're going to bust my kneecaps with a ball-peen hammer if I do, so I'm just not going to. So, the person that everyone's clearing the way for is Anthony Albanese, who is uh, oh. lo- locally known as Albo. So, that's right. We're- <laughs> We're about to get we're about to get several fucking years of Albo versus ScoMo, which is just one step closer to making Australia. me want to shoot like myself in the small fucking dogs face. Fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. Or, Albo, or get you off have him. like you have two different terminal illnesses, and you're not sure which one's going to kill you first: your Albo or your ScoMo. <laughs> so, so what? What I think a lot of the Australian left has been very concerned about here is the fact that because Labor took some very mild policies to the election uh, and got soundly defeated when they really weren't expecting to. Everybody's worried that like the, the reaction is going to be, oh, well, what we've got to do is never differentiate ourselves on policy ground and don't do anything mm-hmm. adventurous and, you know, make ourselves indistinguishable. So, uh, here from the Sydney Morning Herald is this piece saying, Anthony Albanese has called on Labor to reconnect with aspirational Australians who rejected the party at the federal election, declaring- uh, like that from the suburbs. Declaring that voters have, quote, conflict fatigue over political arguments that pit one part of the community against the other. Mr. Albanese- who's Too, many, to damn become- genders. <laughs> Too <laughs> many damn genders. Unite these Look, genders. It's me. It's me, your friend Albo, and uh, I've learned from the lessons of uh, Bill Shorten, and what I'm saying is seven-day weekend. <laughs> Italian, baby. We're going to go out. We're going to get pussy. We're going to get a yacht. It's going to be- I'm going to have a big yacht party for all of Australia. Everyone's coming. We got some beers. We got some pussy. We got some cured meats. Old school, baby. Old school, baby. Old school. Big time Tommy. DJ Vinny Dice. We got DJ Vinny Dice. Is the vice the does the vice prime prime minister of Australia <laughs> um, DJ Vinny Vice? Just for context, <laughs> yes, please continue. For context, this guy is like the leader of the the leader of the Labour left faction, and like his personal his personal like motto or tagline or whatever is "I fight Tories." And here he is in the fucking paper saying that the party needs to end the us and them rhetoric that shaped its failed election campaign. Quote. People are looking for solutions rather than arguments. They're looking for what unites the community rather than what divides it. We have to emphasize that. It doesn't mean that we shy away from the issue of inequality. It means, though, that we need to do that in a way that acknowledges the fact that the business community and the private sector create jobs for people. So Back what you're basically saying is that this is dick, baby, <laughs> is that if labor Hell wants to win, yes. if labor wants to win, then they all have to start huffing paint until they become Scott Morrison. Look, oh. In many ways, isn't isn't the real sausage in bread the rock hard cock of big business? So, <laughs> so this is the this is the final line. Um, and this actually this this kind of gels with what you were saying quite well, Andy. Um this means reforms that enhance productivity, job growth, and wealth creation, and a rejection of the redistributive obsession of trade unionism and the identity politics of divisive groups such as GetUp, which seek to ridicule ordinary people. Jesus Christ. Who would GetUp? <laughs> GetUp is just, it's just a campaigning group. It's, it's just, ju- it's just it's a like- grassroots activism group, and like they don't, yeah. they're not aligned with a specific party, right? Generally, what they do is... Uh, raise raise funds from small donations from people and use them to to like organize against sitting candidates in seats. 
Um, Fucking disgusting. So it gets sort of like momentum, but not even really all that. It's like a slightly nonpartisan momentum. Because <laughs> they're mo- sinister, and they seek to ridicule and divide ordinary Australians. They're supporting activists. Because I, I don't know if you, if you, I, I don't want to uh, <laughs> spend time on momentum if you're if you're already familiar with them, Andy. But it's they are definitely like the bugbears of the British media. Well, the like British, the, the British media is terrified of momentum. Well, it's just this whole thing, and like Get Up is very similar in the sense that um that yeah the the political establishment and and you know obviously all of the Murdoch papers are absolutely outraged by it they they are currently changing laws like electoral laws to classify them differently so that they can then say you <laughs> to know to make them a terrorist organization yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, get up or as they now have to be referred to on the news Allahu Akbar <laughs> no and, get up or as we're now referring to them Daesh and there's well like and the the overwhelming message of course is that like hey 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 politics isn't just for anybody it's not for ordinary people like, you know, you shouldn't just get to you shouldn't just get to make a donation and have your voice heard about something. They absolutely not. They're apparently completely flummoxed by the fact that they are they are not aligned to a political party. Um, they they get involved in campaigns, but they're not they're not an associated entity of a political party. And there's oh. conservatives who are like trying to get them banned and saying, hey, if you want to get involved in elections and run ads and stuff, you need to be like a registered associated entity of an established political party. As or at like, least that's- a mining company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the subject, though, of, of renaming existing organizations without their consent, towards the end of my time in Russia, the Russian Federation passed a law that any time you mentioned the Islamic State, like pretty much on TV or in any official capacity, you had to add in a kind of like fast terms and conditions voice an organization banned on the territory of the Russian Federation. Because <laughs> um, they have to say it every time they say it. So if they say it more than once in a sentence, they have to say ISIS. Uh, an organization banned on the territory of the Russian Federation has been recruiting lots of fighters who have decided to join ISIS, uh, an organization banned on the territory of the Russian Federation. <laughs> and it's like, it's not even on the territory. It's like saying, like, India, a country banned on the territory of the Russian Federation. It's like, well, it's not on. It's not, that's not where it is. So, <laughs> so I guess, in conclusion, here's to five or however many years your, prim- your premierships last, more glorious years of a caliphate under Scott Morrison. <laughs> Uh, a man banned on the territory of the Russian Federation. Exactly, yes. he is. Because, uh, hey, pal, in the Russian Federation, we respect the weekend. <laughs> Andy, Subada, Voskresenye, the great days of the week. Andy, thank you very much for coming on today. You're very, very welcome. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I hope to continue our international program of podcast exchanges. Oh yeah. Uh, if Andy, you, it's if been you- a pleasure. I'm very sorry about all of the content of this episode. <laughs> See. Theo, Ben, you've been oddly quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we say it out of love, Andy. We love your show. Yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to more of Andy, you can listen to his fantastic show, Boonta Vista. Uh, available, it's much calmer than Available on iTunes. It's considered much less madcap and easier to listen to. <laughs> that is actually commentary that we have heard yes. about. It's, it's, yeah. it's Boonta Vista fans being like, we love TF, but uh, a little madcap, a little madcap, Montes. <laughs> anyway, so, so if you like, if you should listen to Boonta Vista, you should also come see us, Trash Future, live on Thursday, uh, this coming Thursday, at the Star of Kings near King's Cross. The link will be in the description, and you can buy tickets early and buy tickets often. Buy them for your friends, your family, buy them for people in Australia. Buy them for we your don't care. Just buy tickets. 
Yeah, buy them for your wife's boyfriend. Treat <laughs> treat him. Buy them for Bill Shorten. Cheer him up. Yeah, but cheer up Bill Shorten by buying him tickets to our show. Because Thursday's not the weekend. Thursday, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not not if not if mad communist Bill Shorten, William Bill Shorten, has anything to say about old, it. Old William the Bill Shorten. Um, <laughs> Bill yeah. Shorten's going to settle you with the bill for refugees. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also 15th of June, we have a live show in Cambridge at Wolfson College. Ticket link for that also in the description. Uh, that's uh, We have discount tickets for students. And there's also, uh, if you're at Wolfson, you can get in free, but you have to sign up for a ticket on the website. Uh, and finally, Smoke Comedy on the 5th of June featuring Alfie Brown and also Mark Watson, formerly of oh. Trash Future. So come down to that. There are tickets online. You can get them in the bloody description. The damn description. The and damn finally, description. you can sign up to our Patreon. Second episode, five bucks a month. You know the drill already. I'm looking. We're at 499 patrons. So mm. hopefully we'll be at 500 by the t- or more by the time you, you listen to this. But if oh, we're not, wow. be our 500th patron. Oh, and also May 31st and June 1st, I'm doing my show in Brighton. Uh, it's at the Temple Bar at 10 o'clock. I'm on the Brighton Fringe website. Calm down. Andy, are you doing any, are you doing any live shows in Britain? Ooh, in, not this week. Coming week. Not this week. Not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll plug we'll, we'll plug you next time. Yeah, but anyway, thank you all very much for listening, and have a good evening. Yep, well, have a nice time. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah.